Huddle Around as Climbing the Pocket Network presents Jason and the Boys talking everything Minnesota Vikings. Boom. We are back. We are live. We are flipless, but we are going anyway. <laughs> We're going to do this thing. Hopefully at some point the man, the myth, the legend, Flip Mozzie comes through, but it's all good. We are back for another week of in the huddle my name is jason brown you can find me on twitter at brown jason and i'm joined again this week with some some new faces for this show but familiar faces to the ctp ctp family we got deshaun my man fresh off the debut show <laughs> ctp monday how you doing how you been hey i'm good man i had to had to pop back in here we had such a good showing on monday that you know i just had to come and show my face again you know, talk there some Minnesota go. Vikings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. My man, Mr. Peloton, Ryan, <laughs> how's it going? Man, I need to get back on that bike, man. I had that back injury and I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm gaining those pounds back. But no, I'm doing well, man. I had to roll in with you guys today and I uh, got to check out Joseph uh, down in Miami here in the chat because he's always on these shows. So excited to interact with the fans a little bit and, and talk a little football. Love it, love it, love it. And, and, and Ryan, it, it, it's training camp season. Everyone is in the best shape of their life. So I need you to get on it, work on it. Let's do it. Let's jump in. As Jeffrey said during the roll-in, as others have mentioned, it's an exciting time. It's depth chart day. And uh, Deshaun, I'm actually going to you first because I feel like y'all might have predicted some of the things that popped off on this depth chart today. So I'm going to need you to jump in. Remind the folks of your prognostication skills and then give us your takes on, uh, you know, what you were thinking after taking a quick look at the uh, at the first depth chart of the season. So while I wish I could take credit for it, it was all Tyler. I actually disagree with him, but he said we had to have a conversation about Cam Dantzler being that CB4, at least starting the season. And he was right on. He was spot on. They have Brashad Breedland as the starter. I think both have had kind of a silent camp cam dancer has been good when he's not covering jefferson <laughs> um so I, I think i still think those guys will be you know within 100 150 snaps of each other like we said last night but yeah tyler was spot on with that one with the rest of the depth chart first things first Deshaun. it's it's your show and tyler's not here so the rules are you get to take credit for all that <laughs> you know tyler who Deshaun did that <laughs> i don't see tyler here anywhere your show you did it continue i'm sorry for cutting you off i got you i got you um a couple things that i like to see i like seeing them putting udo as the starting right guard they said forget dozier has been out there this guy has been killing it in camp give him what he deserves so he gets that starting position i like that a lot i like that they put jake browning qb2 you know i know Kellen mon is the hype now but jake browning he's been doing better put him qb2 also, something that kind of – Nick Nick Virgil, I believe his name is. He's been making plays in camp. But, I was, you know, I thought Troy Dye would do something and try to fight for that spot, but it looks like it's kind of locked down by Virgil. And uh, otherly, Weatherly, Weatherly. They put – I kind of <laughs> – I kind of expected him to be that starter there, but he's been kind of quiet. He's been quiet in camp. And Patrick Jones wanting who they're doing athletic stuff with 
But again, I think that group will rotate a lot. But for now, Weatherly gets the starting nod. All right, Ryan. So I'll flip it over to you here. Uh, what were what were your biggest, I guess, thoughts? What surprised you the most? Outside of DD not being wide receiver three, what was your biggest disappointment? Talk to me, man. How are you feeling about this first run of the depth chart? Yeah, um, not a ton of surprise for me, honestly. I, I was really, um, ever since we signed Brashad Breland, I, I called out he would be our um, CB2. And assuming, you know, and, and again, and it's hard to call Dantzler at CB4 because he's really CB3. He, he's just not slot receiver right or a slot cornerback right so um i i think there's gonna be a good rotation there zim likes to rotate his corners in and out and, and try to keep them fresh so i'm not too worried about that from a dancer development standpoint um but yeah i mean yeah dd westbrook not being wide receiver three was kind of disappointing um but actually what's more disappointing is um the way the the depth chart was kind of listed out on the website is you know they list the starter or starters, right? You know, JJ and Thielen. And then when there are like tiers that they've had relatively defined, it looks like they put like name. So like, for example, KJ Osborne and Chad Beebe. And then the next tier was Amir Smith-Marset, DD Westbrook, um, uh, Blake Prohl, right? So it was kind of like disheartening to see Chad Beebe's name in that kind of second tier because there's zero chance this guy should be making the roster. I just don't understand it. I didn't like it last year. I didn't like it two years ago. I just don't get the factuation with him. But, um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, to go to Deshaun's point, Weatherly being in there was, I guess, expected. I don't think that that's going to be the, the, you know, season opener roster there. I, I think that Wanham and or Patrick Jones will be able to, you know, make some headway on that. I, I just based on what I'm hearing in camp, Weatherly is fine. He's going to be a good rotational piece. I, I don't think he's doing anything spectacular where Juan is making plays and Patrick Jones is making plays. And, and I think we're going to punt Janaris Robinson into next year um, in terms of his development. He'll get some reps this year. He'll make the squad, I think, uh, because he's too valuable to put on practice squad. But I don't think that he's going to get you know that many reps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess those are some of my thoughts here. Another interesting uh, was – uh, Miles Dorn uh, made the kind of second tier safety over Josh Martellus, which by all accounts, Josh was supposed to have that kind of backup safety spot locked in with Cam Bynum. And it looks like he's lost a little headway to Miles Dorn there. So, All right. I love it. And so with that in mind and with the depth chart first coming out, I guess we can now kind of take some of what Zim was saying before, marry it up against what we're seeing in this first depth chart. And he's here. He has arrived. No theme music today because, you know, the show's already going. But the man, the myth, the legend, the Flip Mozzie has joined us. Flip, depth chart's out. How do you marry what, what you heard from Mike Zimmer with, you know, when he was talking about kind of where things are, the rookies. He did give a shout out to our, our, our rookie wide receiver. Uh, you know, Ryan was just kind of, you know, waxing philosophically about you know chad Beebe still being in the mix for that wide receiver three spot what are your thoughts when you think about zimmer's last press conference and then this depth chart when you see it and is there anything that you find surprising you know you know with everything we've been hearing from camp from you know arif Hassan, luke braun uh eric thompson is there matt collar is there i think everything is pretty much in line what's up my man mr shea 
Good to see you in the comments. Um, so I, I, I'm not surprised. I think what I'm actually interested in, in now is more of how Mike Zimmer has been talking about how to manage the starters between um, the three preseason games. And, you know, I think it's easy at the top of the, the starter list where you have, you know, your Dalvin Cook, your Kirk Cousins, your Harrison Smith. They might not be coming out in the preseason games, but when you have some of those new starters like an Ovi Udo or like a Garrett Bradbury or an Ezra Cleveland, I mean, that's that's a completely different class of starter. You know, you still want to see DJ Wanham out there in the preseason. You still want to see Ovi Udo. Do you want to see, you know, Justin Jefferson? I don't know. So that's really is going to be the most interesting part of how this depth chart compares to what they actually show us on Saturday. Oh, that's a great point. Deshaun, talk to me about that. How much do you want to see, say, our first team offensive line run together during preseason when you're weighing the risk reward of, you know, them getting time together, some continuity, but then also, you know, it's football. So the ever present risk of, of, of injury or something like that, like, as you think about what Flip just said, what are you hoping to see? Which players are you hoping maybe get a bit more run? Which ones are you hoping we don't see too much of? I don't think, but outside of Brian O'Neill, I don't think there's anybody on the offensive line that's kind of earned the right to be like worried about injury. I think besides that right side, all four guys still need to go out there and prove themselves like every single one. So until the Broncos take out their starters on the defensive line, I'm keeping all those guys in. I think those guys really, they need, they, the season depends so much, so much on them that they just they they have to be out there. You can't worry about injury. You really just need to get those guys going. I love it, Ryan. Are you are you in the same boat or are you thinking anything differently, especially with the offensive line? Yeah, actually I think the offensive line should get some reps, especially this first game. Uh again, to to uh, everyone's point, there's no continuity yet. I mean, we have a new right guard, we have a relatively new left guard, new left tackle, all, you know, again, I know Rashad Hill's been here, but he hasn't been a starter, right? And he hasn't had a ton of reps with these guys. And I think even Brian O'Neill, uh, he has a new left, or I'm sorry, right guard right next to him. So I think you need to get that continuity going in this first game, maybe, you know, a quarter, if that, and then, and then you can take them out. And then in the second game, give them a good run. And then the third game, I think we should just sit all starters, all starters who are at least established, who aren't still fighting for their job or for the starting job. Um, and kind of see what the young guys are doing in, in that third game. Uh, and I think that goes the same, again, for everyone who's not like a legit bona fide starter. So, yes, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, um, Patrick Peterson, uh, you know, the, the two receivers, they can all sit. Um, I think Kirk Cousins should still play. He should still be fighting for his job because uh, he's not that good. No, <laughs> um, no, seriously, I think every, all those like legit starters should be sitting this first game or maybe getting a series because it is important, especially for those defensive guys, too. Um, they need live action reps like you need like because you can't tackle him in uh preseason or like training camp anymore can't have those type of practices anymore just due to the cba so you need to get those live reps to just get a tackle a few tackles in there because in you know real game time play if you haven't gotten a real tackle in and you miss a couple you know you're going to be pissed our, our us fans are going to be pissed coaches are going to be pissed and you're you're probably pissing yourself too right so get a couple of those reps in in the preseason and then and then move on um it was kind of my thought 
And yes, Joe, I am drinking four roses. Yes. <laughs> so Deshaun, we have Flip here. We have you here. And I think it's an interesting, interesting mix because you two tend to come in at kind of opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to like <laughs> the importance of the draft. And so as we're talking about the offensive line, uh, some names that were noticeably absent from our conversation were the rookies. And Deshaun, I know that, you know, you, after this draft, were very, very high on what the Vikings had done, in large part because of the rookies they brought in to help bolster this offensive line. So knowing how much you kind of believe the offensive line is kind of the the, the key of how far this Viking season is going to go, is what are your thoughts on where we're at now, given that the two key pieces that you thought were going to come in and bolster things are nowhere to really be seen. They're nursing injuries. And uh, they seem to be falling further behind in the competition, uh, you know, day over day, week over week. And, you know, the way that people are talking about Ole Udo, I mean, you know, Davis, he may just become like a swing backup if he's lucky this season. I guess what are your thoughts on the impact you still expect these players to have for us this season? Um, or do you think maybe we're pushing that out to a, a longer time horizon now? I think the Vikings got extremely lucky with who they already had on the roster. Rashad Hill isn't someone who can start 16 games for you, but he is someone who can start two, three games and put in a good effort. So Darisol doesn't even have to start the opener. So we can put Rashad Hill out there against the Bengals, and he'll do fine. So And then Wyatt Davis, we got lucky with Ali Udo coming in and being that dominant starter guy. So whereas we don't have to force these expectations on Wyatt Davis early. Now, I, I expect him to be kind of that swing guard backup guy. As you saw, they were cross-training him to be that guy if they need him to be. If, he, if he's falling behind in camp, that's, I mean, it's a bad thing. But again, they got lucky that Aliudo just happens to step in and right guard and is now doing amazing. So I think I mean, is that luck though, or is that like yeah. talent on the coach, like uh, praise to the coaching staff for developing this guy over the last two years? So I, I personally have been on Aliudo since he's been drafted. But that was at right tackle. There's always kind of that transition is not an easy one to make. But for him physically, it was it should have been best. It should have been what he's been doing since since last season. He's <laughs> what are we he's like? A, what it's 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 August tenth, y'all. Like what what are we doing? Crowning Oli Udo? Like we may be unlucky that they're so desperate that they feel the need to start the guy and he's going to get go out there and Rashad Hill is going to get his butt whooped, you know, week one against Cincinnati. And then we're going to be right back to the 2016 through 2020 uh, offensive line woes of the Minnesota Vikings. I don't buy it for a second. The, the truth of the matter is these rookies are rookies. It's going to take them some time. And until then, it's going to be a struggle. Let's not act like everything's okay. We are limping by hoping that Rashad Hill and Ovi Udo can can give the rookies more time to in, to develop into the players we need them to be. This is not a positive. I don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling about this offensive line. It's the same offensive line feeling that I've gotten the last five <laughs> years. We're just hoping that it actually works out this time but i mean you talk to me 2020 
Ryan's pumped about Drew Samia. You talk to me 2019. <laughs> people are still pumping up Pat Elfline. You talk to me 2018. People are talking about how Mike Harris can still do another year. You talk to me 2017. People are talking about Jake Long or whoever. No, this is no different. It's just another name in the same damn situation. I mean, you know, if we I- do go back to 20. 20- I want to say 2019. Is it 2019? I mean, our man JR did say that Ole Udo was a player to watch once he did get a couple years of, of development under him. So, I mean, to Ryan's point, could this just be this very raw, very athletic player, limited experience, limited exposure to football, getting some time, NFL coaching, and, and actually developing the way, I mean, to be fair, Flip, that you say that we really should be looking to develop a team getting those young guys in, getting them the reps, keeping them in the building, and and coaching them up to a place where they are ready to go a couple years down the road. I mean, is 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 it not fair for us to maybe look at a player with the gifts athletically that Ole Udo has now stepping up a few years into his career with some seasoning? I think I what I the missing piece of information there is why it took so long. What did Ole Udo do between February 2021 and August 2021? Because we limped by with Dakota Dozier all year last year and decided to keep this guy on the bench. I mean, if they saw something then, then why not go to them when they're trying to hold on to a playoff race and, you know, starting one and five? It would seem like a pretty good situation to put in a raw athletic guard into when you're one in five and you got Dakota Dozier there. Now, you know what? I mean, Dakota Dozier is still fighting for the spot. So I'm not crowning Ole Udo this year either because Dozier could be the week one starting guard. I guess what I'll say on that, though, too, Flip, is, you know, it, it doesn't seem like Udo was doing much work at guard last year. I, I think they did primarily view him as a tackle. And to your point, though, is this a coaching issue or is this a player issue? Because it could be a coaching issue on a positive and negative, right? Do we coach him up well enough at guard that he's he's hopefully our starting guard at right you know at right guard over Dozier, which obviously none of us want, right? Um, or is it bad coaching last year that they didn't see the talent for this guy to be able to move inside to guard? So it's kind of like a double edged sword, right? Is it good right. coaching, bad coaching, either way, right? What I'll say just quick to kind of reiterate some of the rookies, right? I on the draft show we'd had uh, me and Dave and Tyler and all all of us cats you know we, we we spent like what three days straight on the draft talking about all the different scenarios all the different talent that we were incorporating in our team and I kept saying and I said it on shows since we can't be crowning Wyatt Davis this like generational talent yet he was picked in the third round for a reason he fell to the third round for a reason. Viking fans, do not get your hopes up on Wyatt Davis because he's in the – just like Drew Samia fell to the fourth, and I thought it was a steal. I've learned my lesson that, hey, he fell to the fourth for a reason, and he's he's <laughs> going to be out of the league here soon. So Wyatt Davis, although you know he had a lot of talent, he was touted as a first-round pick, he fell to the third for a reason. And, and we're seeing why. We're seeing why right now. I mean, he's got a converted – right tackle beating him out he's got a guy who's on his ass half the time beating him out and granted there's some injuries that we have to kind of count into uh take into account here but at the same time you know injuries be damned you've been you've been practicing for at least a week a week and a half you should be making some movement up that depth chart and he's third team right now according to that depth chart that just came out now i know zamory doesn't want to 
uh, what's the word coddle these guys and give anoint them any, you know, opportunities. You have to earn it and you have to be on the field to do so. But I, I'm kind of disappointed at the fact that Wyatt Davis is considered, I mean, literally Drew Samia is currently right now the backup left guard. That There should be zero reason for that. There should be zero reason for that. And, and I feel like Vikings.com was trolling me earlier today when I was going, I was looking I was listening to the press conferences and I went over there and the first video that popped up from a press conference was, was Dakota Dozier. And I was like, what is happening? And what are they doing to me? My heart can't take, like, why, why am I hearing from Dakota Dozier first? I don't want that. I don't want to hear anything from Dakota Dozier. Uh, but you know, I mean, hearing that he is moving down the death chart, that works for me. But you know, I guess like Flip said, it maybe is a bit too early to, to crown Ole Udo. Though it would be a great story, and uh, yeah, we'd probably never hear the end of it from Jr. But it would be a great story all the same if Ole Udo did did work I mean, out. Yeah, I, 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 I would love it. You you grow Ole Udo into that role. You give Garrett Bradbury a make it or break it year, and if Udo pans out, then you look at Wyatt Davis as your center, and that's a good young offensive line, y'all. So yeah, I just. It let's wait. Better. Let's see it plan out. Let's let's develop. Let's grow these players, you know, and see how it goes. And honestly, and honestly, for me, Garrett Bradbury is still my biggest concern on the offensive line right now. More than Rashad Hill. More than Rashad Hill. Oh, wow. I, I, you, you keep hearing Bradbury getting worked by Michael Pierce all camp so far that Pierce has been playing. Um, and he's going to play Akeem Hicks again. He's going to play Kenny Clark again. He's going to play these guys. I think that the Lions picked up a pretty good D tackle. I forget the name. Like he's got, he's going to be playing these big guys and hopefully these reps against Michael Pierce do help him. I mean, that was mentioned in the press conference, but at the same time, he's just getting worked and worked and worked. I just don't think he's suited for the passing game in the NFL. He's a good run blocker. I just think he's suited for the passing game in the NFL. And that's why I want to create with that thing. Flip, where are you at with that take? I mean, of course you wanted Creed Humphrey, but we're just going to skate right past that. Rashad Hill, Bradbury, <laughs> bigger liability. Not just an uh, individual player, but given you know the positions they play and the importance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which one has you more nervous if this is, in fact, the starting uh, you know, line group that we're going to be going into week one with? It's Bradbury. I mean, purely because you know when the Vikings uh, apparently they have to move positions on a guy in order to see them succeed you know you draft a left tackle he's got to play right tackle you draft a left tackle he's got to play right guard you draft a right tackle he's got to play left guard so I don't even know all I know is they drafted a center Garrett Bradbury and now we're just hoping that the guard they drafted moves to center to replace him if he doesn't pan out so the shuffle is endless yeah, and I, and I don't think that Seth is wrong. You know, the 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 hyper focus yeah. on those uh, those athletic, those small athletic run blocking guys uh, was was going to be the death of Kirk Cousins and this passing <laughs> offense. So it's if nothing else, it's nice to see some some bigger, stronger dudes uh, trying to set the pocket. And and our hope is that you know the center isn't getting walked back <laughs> into the the QB's lap on a, on every play. As we we, as we got CJ Ham, forward. we got the fullback chip. We yeah. got the chip. We got Alex Madison in there. He's not going to get any carries, so might as well chip. <laughs> help out, help out, Bradbury. I, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot, in part because I know that you know way too much about other teams that aren't the Vikings. 
And so we're, we're going to pretend that this, you know, we're getting ready. It's the off season for all of us. It's our preseason too. We got a game coming up. Talk to me about this matchup. The Broncos, our Vikings. What are you looking for in this game? In like the maybe like seven minutes when starters are actually playing football. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be actually a, a few good challenges. Now, let me quick back up onto one of your comments. I do know a lot about a lot of other teams, mainly the ones that have Oklahoma players. So I'm a big Browns guy, <laughs> Cardinals guy. There's not too many Oklahoma players on the Broncos, but I do know a little bit about them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest matchup uh, for us that's going to be exciting for us to see, depending on how long we keep those starters in, is going to be the matchup of their wide receivers, which is a really strong wide receiver group uh, against our you know newly formed um secondary uh it'll be good to see jerry judy go up against the likes of patrick peterson and uh brashant breeland uh it's going to be exciting to watch Cortland sutton see how he does against uh some of these guys i know um you know it'd be fun to see dancer go up against him because um you know that that size should help benefit him uh with the bigger size uh receiver in Cortland sutton um, so I think that matchup is going to be really interesting to watch. I think that there's a lot of talent on that uh, on their uh, wide receiver group, and it'll really test our secondary to see kind of how far we came since last year. Um, the next matchup I'd look at is their D line versus our offensive line. Um, obviously, they got some really quality, high quality players. We'll see how much they actually play. But Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Shelby Harris, you know, a lot of these guys are. You know, uber talented. So it would, it would be a good challenge. Now, obviously I don't expect Von Miller to play. I probably don't even expect Bradley Chubb to play, but if this was a real, you know, regular season game, that would be a really good matchup for our offensive to see kind of, again, level set, where are we at? Um, because that would, you know, provide us kind of just a little bit of knowledge in that. So I think those are my two like top matchups. And then of course we want to see Teddy. <laughs> we love Teddy. We miss Teddy. We want to see Teddy. I know Flip, you're not a Teddy guy, but I'm a Teddy guy. I still am. That's my quarterback. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. and shots. I flip. I, I mean, Flip, you don't like you don't like any any Vikings that move on from us. You're like, all right, forget them. I don't care about them anymore. And you know, yeah, Teddy's still my guy. My <laughs> so, so, Teddy's so still flip, your guy. You can't even beat out Drew Log. Why are we still repping the dude? Flip. Who hey, gets Drew Log's got swag. Who gets more dap from Vikings players uh, at the game, Kirk Cousins or Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Teddy, 100%. <laughs> and, and nobody dapping up Kirk Cousins. He's too busy stuck in the place again. Yeah, I mean, if, if, Cousins. If, you're, if you're going to a, a Vikings preseason <laughs> game, then you're probably going to be a, a, a hardcore Teddy guy. It's just you're in it for the long haul. You're not here for these hired guns. So, <laughs> see what happens twenty twenty two. Ooh, mission twenty twenty two. All right, so flip. It's not a real game, but it's kind of a game. <laughs> what are you looking for? Because I know you, you're Mister Player Development. You you love seeing the young guys out there. What are the position groups that you're you're going to be paying attention to when you know the casual fan has long turned off the game and. uh yeah, it's it's the guys fighting for their jobs out there. What are you going to be looking at? Who who do you hoping you see uh, some signs of life from? Man, I am getting I am getting attacked on this show. You you get me to come on, and then Jason, this game's at like one p.m. on a Saturday. Man, we got 
<laughs> we got some beaches to head to. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got some patio bars to be at. When you're catching the replay on on NFL Network the next, I got to be on NFL Network at one p.m. on a Saturday, like. <laughs> Flip was uh, offended for all Californians that I asked him if he was watching his preseason game. <laughs> My bad. I'm, a, I'm just praying for health, man. Praying everybody gets out of there healthy. You know, it's it's so easy to just make a bunch of snapback judgments on this one game, but it's the first of three, and we're like we're like a month from the season. So it, you know, even some of the things like Christian Darisaw getting back to health, Wyatt Davis being low on the depth chart, uh, Kellen Mond coming along, just hoping those guys stay healthy, get in another full week of practice, get them used to being in the stadium and uh, and getting them in that rhythm of practicing weekly basis, going to a game, and and, and hopefully they grow from there. I just – I can't – like, I do not remember Justin Jefferson's preseason at all. Let me put it that way. I, I I just I can't I don't remember Dalvin Cook's preseason because it was really like okay he's good let's keep him healthy let's get him out of there so that's just what I'm looking for for the majority of the stars and like the scrubs they they can fight it out hopefully we get some good Taylor Heineke stories you know or maybe some Kyle Sloter type moments but just something to keep us talking about the bottom of the depth chart just for all these good stories before they get cut off the team and we get ready for the true season. Deshaun, are we filling up the Mond Pond with this game? Is, is this the start I, of Mond <laughs> achieving Slaughter-like status? Talk to me, man. I don't think it is. Listen, I think Jake Browning comes in and it starts to really put a lock on that QB, too. I think that's going to wow. be – this is a – the, the Broncos are a well-coached defense. Even their second and third strings are going to be – playing seriously so i think that qb2 between browning and mon is going to be something to watch for almost the entirety of the game i don't think nate stanley gets too many snaps i think he's kind of already already out of it um and then also i want to see our fast guys against guys who actually know how to tackle ism kine nuangu these guys are these training camp they're blazing by people but they don't get to tackle so now I get to see them actually, someone actually attempt to tackle them, and we get to see them in the open field. We get to see if Kubiak uses them on gadget plays and really get them out in open space and really see what they can do. Love it. Ryan, yeah. I know it's preseason. I know we're probably not going to see a lot, but is there anything that you're hoping to maybe get a feel for with new Kubiak? And, yo, like, do, do you think we're going to get any sort of feel for what he's like as a, as a play caller or? how he designs things or what sort of flow he wants to get into now that he's calling the shots. Is there anything you're hoping to see from him? Yeah. Hoping to see and realistically like expecting to see are very different things. So yeah, I mean, hoping to see, I'd love to see a little bit more innovation. Uh, you know, obviously we're not probably not going to show that in the preseason, right? Like we'll, we'll save that for the regular season, but you know, just a little bit more new age concepts of, you know, a little Kyle Shanahan esque type, uh, variations in the run game. Um, obviously, I would love to see more three wide receiver sets because that makes a lot more sense. Welcome to SEC. Yeah, you know we're going to dominate that too. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Uh, Is that but yeah, so you know, 
<laughs> we, uh, you know, so I'd, I'd love to see a little more like three wide receiver sets, get away uh, from that 12 personnel and get more into that 11 personnel. Um, I think that would be ideal, um, especially since we don't have, I mean, Tyler Conklin's nice and all, you know, I like him, you know, he's fine, but he, he's not, you know, Irv Smith as the we, uh, as we, the yeah, tight end. You're not going to disrespect right? Tyler Conklin all here, man. No, I'm not nice. disrespecting him. He's don't, nice. Don't do like, Conklin, again, dude, he's man. You know, he's <laughs> right. nice. I, I like him. I like him, but this. I don't think we should be running that twelve. You know, that twelve personnel. Um, and over and over and over and over again, when we have Amir Smith Marset who could develop well, we have DD Westbrook hopefully once healthy, uh, you know, back to his old ways and you know, at least his 2018 2019 self. You know, I'd love to see you know more concepts like that as well as the the heavy run game because we do have a good run game. I, I mean, I love to pass more, of course, because analytically and statistically that's the way to go, but you know, we're effective with what we do. And I'm not saying we need to go away from that completely, but we also have some talent on this, in this wide receiver room, probably could add some more, but we have some talent in this wide receiver room that uh, likely could, you know, contribute, uh, like a very, like contribute effectively. And uh, I'd love to see that again. I don't expect it. Um, I expect to kind of see the same old stuff, but uh, that's, I mean, if you ask what I want to see, that's what I want to see. Love it. Flip based on all the, the crazy wrinkles that, we're hearing Zim is kind of installing in, in, in camp so far. And the fact that he's really like, he's going no holds barred in practice, you know, dialing up overload blitzes and things on like day one of pads coming on. Are you expecting him to, to reach into his bag at all in, in, in this game? Is there anything that you think that, uh, you know, given that, you know, it's a shortened time frame and we got some young guys doing some different things. Do you think Zim's going to, going to show us anything in, in this game or do you think it's going to be completely vanilla? I, I think it's going to be pretty vanilla. I, I think it's really, honestly, just getting all 11 starters onto the field, keeping it low. You dial it up in practice because he's got a bunch of new toys. You know, he wants to try it out, you know. So so maybe we see a few blitzes. But Anthony Barr, even if Zim calls a blitz, like Anthony Barr is not going full speed, you know, <laughs> right past that stunt. We're not doing, you know... I just I just don't see that happening. Sure, we can do a little zone blitz, DJ Wanham dropping in the coverage. But again, you know, Mike Zimmer saves his shots for third downs and for the, the main season when he really needs them. So, you know, it, it, again, just stay healthy, see the young guys. Hopefully they make some plays that gives them confidence to turn into real players. That's I think that's important, but you know if Cam Bynum's returning a, a pick six, I'm happy for the guy. I think it's great for his confidence. I'm not crowning him, you know, starter over Xavier Woods. So, Flip, I, I didn't ask you earlier. Um, Brashad Breeland, we kind of we kind of gloss past that, but uh, Dantzler, you know, he he did fairly well as a rookie. Brashad yes. Breeland has come in, and and this first iteration of the depth chart. Is uh is the starter? Should we make anything of that? Is this Zim showing deference to a veteran, or do we think this is really what it's going to be when the season kicks off? I think this is pretty close to what it's going to be, and you know the range of outcomes we talked about with Bashad Breland. I think he's proving to be, um, you, you know, literally right past Cam Dantzler. They it looks like they signed him to be a starter. It looks like they got out of mini camp without Gladney and without Cameron Dancer and says, hey, we don't have a second cornerback right now. So 
you know, they they paid up for him. I think his contract's in the four to five million dollar range. But if he's going to be starting CB two week one through week eighteen, I'm hopefully he keeps that together and he's able to lock down the the secondary options when we go to games on Sunday. And uh, I'm not sure if all of y'all just peeped at, but we have royalty watching with us tonight. The man is back, Mr. Jake Anderson. If you need an Avi for fantasy football, holler at the man. He is the best in the business. He stepped away from us for a little while, went full fantasy, but he's back in all of his Vikings fandom, and we are glad to have him. So shout out to Jake. Good to see you here. And what you said Thanks, is spot Jake. on. You know, The players will be going hard. The calls will be vanilla. But we're gonna Jake's be calling me Except- out. Jake disagrees. Jason's <laughs> calling me out. Just a hard time in the huddle right now. It's like, oh no! It's like I just pulled a Case Keenum, and I've got to come back into the huddle. Y'all here just coming at me. My bad. I did not mean to disrespect the beach flip. Please forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> that is my bad. Um. But that's it. I feel like we covered the vast majority of things we wanted to go over here. So just we're going to go rapid fire real quick before we wrap this thing up. Deshaun, I'm starting with you. What player are we going to be talking about after this game? I think Kine Nuangu. I think we come. I think he electrifies the whole time he's in. I think we come away really talking about this guy as a legit option in this offense after game one. Oh, I love it. Ryan, how about you? I think Kellen Mond makes uh, makes some flashy plays. I don't think he's going to go and secure the QB2 job or anything like that, but I think he's going to get this fan base excited with a player two that uh, that the other three or four, you know, I, I should say three because I think Eatling is relatively athletic, right? But the other th- uh, three quarterbacks we have on our roster can't do, which is, you know, move at the leg. So I, I bet he makes one big play that way. It makes probably one ooh or ah throw, one or two of those, and it's going to get the fan base excited about that QB2 competition. All right. And Flip, who, who are you uh, expecting well, that we're going to be talking about? Yeah, you know, Ryan took my answer. I think Kellen Mond is just the style of athlete that we've forgotten about um, for the past couple of years. So so that would be my number one answer. But I'll give you another one. It's, guy, we all know where this is heading, y'all. We're going to be talking about the kickers. You know, preseason is preseason for a lot of positions, but when you're a kicker lining up to take a field goal out there, there's it's not that much different from an actual game. So Riley Patterson, Greg Joseph, whether those kicks go in or out, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, Listen, I don't think Riley Patterson has missed a kick since he came off the pup list. And then Mike Zimmer compared him to Daryl Daniel Carlson. There is no love out here for these kickers like <laughs> at all. Dude, this man the man went like perfect on the pup or something. I don't know. He's been perfect. And know. then he draws a Daniel Carlson comparison. Like Zim hates kickers. I mean, that's just what that is. He hates them. I do too. And you know. I mean, you know, I can't really blame the man. But, uh, yo, that's it. That's all. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for coming through, making time. Joseph, keep coming through, and we will work on getting you an introduction. It might not be on the level with Jake, because Jake is an OG in the game. But we'll do what we can, see if we can get your, your intro game moved up just a little bit. Flip, Start Ryan, from the Deshaun. bottom, now we're here. That's right. We're moving up. We're moving up. 
And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. David, are you still sober enough to uh, to pop on and tell the folks what's happening for the rest of the week? <laughs> sure. Um, first off, we have, if I ever bring up my camera, but you should be able yeah. to hear me. We can hear Tom- you. Tomorrow night, we're having Vikings Happy Hour, and I don't know who the guest is yet. The host, Matt, is keeping it a secret, but I'm sure you'll find out tomorrow. And then, of course, and I'll I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow night. I'll be there tomorrow night. And actually, hey, especially Minnesota fans here, uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow. I think we're going to be doing a preseason ticket giveaway because Flip doesn't want that trash one o'clock game ticket. So (laughs) we're going to be giving them away. Um, so tune in tomorrow at Vikings Happy Hour. We'll be giving away a couple tickets to that Vikings preseason game. Love it. And then after That's that, awesome. it's Thursday. Oh, David. What do we have on Thursday, Flip? Vikings hot takes. Right, Absolutely. people? We're talking after the scrimmages, before the game. So we'll have plenty to talk about. Me, Flip Mozzie, and Eric Thompson from the Daily Norseman. We're excited, so come visit, y'all. Come on and keep on joining the conversation. There it is. David, play the music. Absolutely. Skull, everybody. Skull. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climb in the Pocket. Goal, everybody.